As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Built to Last show. I'm really thrilled for my guest today, May Silvers. Welcome, May. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Megan. I'm so excited to be here as well. Awesome. We've got to tell our listeners about how this episode came about. It was really funny. May May and I are in the same mastermind program together. And we didn't know each other. So we're in this mastermind and we recently, about a week and a half ago, we all descended into Delray Beach, Florida for an in-person event. And May and I met each other for the first time face-to-face in person. And I was looking at my schedule over this past weekend, you know, like a few days ago. And I, I was like, May, May is in my calendar. I'm interviewing May. And then May got on, you know, to record this today. And she's like, I, you know, I didn't even know. I didn't even put two and two together that we were in this program. We met in person, but we had scheduled this podcast. Like, I don't know how many moons ago. So I'm just so glad you're here. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I, you know, I was in the same boat as I was um, going through my calendar for the next couple of days. I was like, okay, I have a reminder to get on Megan's podcast. It's like Megan Hoover. Isn't that Megan Hoover? <laughs> and I went into my Facebook friends. I said, let's make sure it's the same Megan Hoover. And right. then I was like, I was like, that it's just so weird that we didn't even put two and two together when we're in person. But but hey, listen, we're here. We're yeah. here to we're here to share a beautiful story that hopefully will be able to give some clarity and inspiration to your listeners. Yeah. Well, let's dive on in. I'd love for you to tell us a bit about your backstory, May. Tell us the backstory and catch us up to speed on what you do now in your business. Okay. So my name is May Yo Silvers. I'm originally from Singapore. So um, I... I came to the United States in 2004. So for those of you, you know, Americans, sometimes geography, geography is not your thing. So if you don't know where Singapore is, we are not part of China. We are an independent country by itself. And if you watch Crazy Rich Asian, um, that's where it's being shot. That's where I, I am from. And the hotel that um, Jessica and Nick stayed at, the Raffles Hotel, was where I had my very first job. So oh, my wow. background... Mm-hmm. My background is in hospitality, in hotel management. So that was my very first job as a food and beverage management trainee. And I did my management training over there. And then I went to pursue hospitality in Switzerland, the mecca of hospitality studies. And then I just know that this is what I wanted to do. And I just went all in working in hotels, in food and beverage, in catering, conference services, events in general. And I was... In the, I was in the hotel field for more than 15 years. And, and 10 years ago, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to start my own event planning company, M2 Hospitality. 
And we do corporate events. We niche down to doing uh, in-person events for coaches and consultants because I feel that those events are not like a fufu event. You go to events like that, you get transformation. You live as a different person in terms of the perspective in life and perspective in your business. So I don't want to do, just do an event that people come, say, ah, the food is great. And oh yeah, the place is cool. And then they forgot about it. I want people to come to an event that they actually can talk about it for many, many years that that event, I met somebody. That event, I learned something that just pivoted me to, to a different level. So that's what we do for event planning company. And I also have another business called uh, Events for Anyone, which is a business coaching and mentoring business for event planners using my business model. I teach them how to turn their passion for events into profit. And I started that during COVID when nobody was planning any events. The reason why I did it was I saw so many of my peers in the events field, especially in the hospitality field. They're all my friends because that's where I grew up. I, um, I was so sad because their job security bubble was burst overnight. It was very green, very, very green. And I was called to be the leader, to lead them that you can write your own paycheck. You can live your own life. You don't have to depend on anybody. And I started the company in, in July 2020. We're two years in business now, and we have been able to help close to 100 people now writing their own paycheck, writing their own five-figure, six-figure paycheck, making more money than they used to make when we're in the hotel business. So I'm living my best life. <laughs> wow. That is incredible that you started coaching and teaching other people to be event planners in the middle of COVID. So how, how were you able to do that? Because I imagine you needed to be rather innovative and have a unique angle, marketing angle and message to be able to then make a sale, right? To influence someone that they could actually do this when every event in person was canceled. Can you give us some insight on, I mean, you saw an opportunity and this is where, I think this is where I'm going with this. Whenever something like that happens, there's so much opportunity in it. If we will open ourselves up to seeing that and clearly you saw a massive doorway of opportunity. How did you open that door and walk through it? You know, when the main motivation was to, to shed a light in a very dark place and to truly believe that everyone deserves to live their best life doing what they love. And when I saw what was happening during COVID, that all my friends who are event planners lost their job. For me, it's, there's no choice but to do it, but to do it. I have to do it. And I wasn't even thinking so much about how am I going to make the money because I know because of who I am, the money is going to come. I learned from my mentor, my very first mentor who, who was the food and beverage director at the Raffles Hotel, my very first job. He taught me one thing. He says, if you love what you do, the money always comes. Mm. So if you love what you do, the money always comes. And I was so into it and I still am every single day that who can I help? My whole, my whole approach is to go in and cut the bullshit, 
tell them exactly what it's like to have your own business, what it takes to have your own business, you already have the skills or you can build the skills in doing the practical job of event planning. You can be the best planner, but if you don't know how to run the business, you don't know how to balance your life and the business, you will not be able to sustain in both aspects. So mm. I went in with a curriculum to be as honest as possible, as vulnerable as possible, and as clear as possible. No fluff, no foo-foo. You know, this is the strategy and this is the mindset you need in order to carry out the strategy. Because if you, I can teach you how to do things, but if you don't get it right up in your head, in your heart, your actions will not produce the results that you want. Mm -hmm. So that has always been my method of operation. And I think through who I am as a person, how I carry myself, how I live my life, the examples that I, that I, I show using my own life story, my success, my ups, my downs, they are able to relate because I, I was them. But I took the leap of faith to start my own business and I share my journey and they are able to relate and I'm extremely relatable to this group of people because mm -hmm. I walk in their shoes and I'm still walking in their shoes now because I'm still planning events. I'm still facing the same challenge as you and this is what I did to pivot. And so can you. So yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, um, I scheduled my first ever live event open to the public for September of 2020. I had run retreats. I've run a lot of retreats in person. They were always part of a program though. So they were always like fulfill. I was fulfilling them because they were part of mastermind programs. I've done about 20 in-person retreats in the last five years. I had never hosted my own public event where you're, you're selling tickets to the public. And so our first event, it was scheduled for September of 2020. And I remember when the world kind of shut down halfway through March and all of us were so hopeful at that time, like, oh, it's only going to be two weeks. I remember even getting into the summertime and we were still like, we're still hosting this event. We're still hosting this event. We ended up moving it. The location let us move it an entire year we didn't have to pay anything to move it. They let us do that. And then I ended up moving it to a completely different location when it was all said and done. And um, filling an event, filling seats at an event and hosting an event is not easy. And it's also not cheap. However, hosting a live event as a business owner, I think is one of the best ways to put yourself on the map. It's one of the best ways to generate and nurture leads. It's one of the best way. It's a conversion event. You know, it can be a conversion event. What are, can you share some best practices around entrepreneurs who are interested in hosting their own event? They are expensive. I mean, I remember when I hired the event planner, they were like, yeah, you need to really expect to it's probably going to cost you fifty to hundred thousand dollars, and I thought I was going to fall out of my chair. I was like, "Okay, well, my budget is like twenty thousand, so can we can we get it in for twenty thousand uh, dollars?" That was hard to do, but you know, a lot of people are thinking about hosting events, especially now that the world is pretty doggone open. People are now traveling again; they're wanting to host events. There, people are realizing people really want to touch each other and be in the room. Um, but a lot of folks are clueless about this, you know, hosting their own event, planning it, filling the seats. What are some of your best practices and why are events such a great way to grow your business? 
I'm so glad that you asked because I see so many coaches and consultants putting their events together. And when I spoke with them, like I said, are you making money at your event? And a lot of them said the same thing, like what you said. So, oh, because it's part of the program. So I'm hosting it. So it becomes like a cost revenue center instead of a sales generating activity. So, so, you know, that's why it's important that sometimes you don't know what you don't know. I'm not an event planner. I'm an event strategist. I actually just finished a call two hours ago going through the whole spreadsheet with a client of mine, really dissecting the cost of producing the event. So the best practice is this. You've got to really understand how much it's going to cost to produce the event. You have to understand what's the objective of this event. Are you going to get front-end sale? And back-end sale, or are you going to just break even at the front end and get back-end sales? Or are you going to just make money at the front end and whatever at the back end is gravy? So you have to understand the objective. You also have to understand who is your target audience because that's going to shape your agenda and that's going to shape whether you're going to make money at the back end. So that's number one. Number two, understanding your cost of production and understanding what is the break-even ticket numbers that you have to sell, what is the break-even price of the ticket you need to sell, um, what is the max capacity, what is the potential revenue that you can get, what is the cost uh, drivers, what's the general, uh, your um, revenue general, revenue uh, drivers that's going to offset some of the costs. And what do you, how do you promote? When do you promote the timeline what is the goal per month? How many tickets to sell in order to be on pace to make money or to break even? It's 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 complex. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's complex. It's not for the the um the week. And a lot of coaches make the mistake of okay, I want to have this event. I think I'm going to do something. It's going to wow my my people. We're going to sell tickets. People's going to come. Why wouldn't they come? You know, my content is going to be so great. The experience is going to be so great. But, and then they start finding a venue, they sign a contract, they are bound by the contract. And then there's no strategy, there's no meticulous planning, there's no timeline. And you just, you're just constantly going with, I wouldn't say putting out fire, but you are just doing what you think you need to do in order to get the sales in. There's mm -hmm. a whole strategy behind that. So, that's why I say sometimes you don't know what you don't know until you talk to somebody who really knows what they're doing and then realize that, oh my God, there's a lot of things that I could have done better. Well, there's, there's a lot involved. And the first time you run an event, you find that out the hard way. And <laughs> I really found that out the hard way. Now, I knew a little bit. I did have an event planner that I brought on board in 2019. I, I did work for a major coaching company and we hosted four live events a year all over the world, Australia, Italy, Paris, Miami, LA, and we would have 200, 250 people in a room. Now we were not selling tickets to the public. It was a fulfillment event, mm -hmm. but still they were costing, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars. And even when you have existing clients in a program, we would, you know, we had about 300 clients in a program. I was still dialing for dollars, meaning I was still picking up the phone to get the clients who were already in the program to come to the event, because we also had to fill a room block at the hotel. And if Correct. we didn't fill the room block, 
Correct. Company was going to be paying a lot of money. And that happened to us in Sydney, Australia. We anticipated about 80 more people than what actually showed up. And I remember my employer at the time, they were left with a $50,000 bill to pay on t- mm-hmm. attrition on top of everything. And, you know, I, I love that you're bringing up these pieces around the budgeting, the cost, the spreadsheets, but especially the strategy. And one of my mentors, you know, once said, because I was in a program and quite a few of us were hosting live events. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he brought up is selling an event. And I'm piggybacking on what you're saying. You know, we, we think everybody's going to want to come. Why would, every, why would everybody not want to come? My content is so amazing. People want to be in the room. It, you know, from my perspective, May, it's been one of the hardest sales I've ever had to make because <laughs> you are selling people on buying a plane ticket, booking a hotel and paying for the hotel, leaving their business for a few days, leaving their family for a few days, having to rearrange childcare. I mean, you are having to sell so many things and people don't think about that. People don't think about that. And you mm-hmm. were talking, you mentioned um, the strategy behind like the timeline to actually make your sales to fill the event. Mm-hmm. About how much time in advance do you need to be thinking about or starting to sell tickets to your live event? You know, I would say that you should start planning your events at least nine months out or even a year out. And based on, you know, there's also a strategy behind that. Based on the deposit schedule that your venue is putting on the contract and you've got to negotiate for that. And based on the deposit schedule that the vendors are expecting you to pay, you need to start working backwards, okay? When should I start promote? Promote should start right now, even before you sign the contract with anybody. When you sell the program, when you sell the when they sell, when you sell the the submit, you don't have to tell them exactly the name of the venue. You can just tell them the date. You can tell them the city. While you are promoting that, in the back end, you're already in negotiation. You're asking the venue to do a hole for you. So you're already getting sales, early bird sales when you're pitching. So you already have money in your pocket before you sign the contract with any of the venues that you eventually decide to work with. So you have to, you, I would say you need to start selling at least three to four months out, if not earlier, because the two months out before your event is where you're going to decide, do I need to cut any cost if my ticket sales is not there? Or can I beef up some more to give you a better experience because I have already surpassed my goals? You have mm-hmm. to tell your team how many tickets to sell per month, pacing to two months before the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That you know that um, I had an experience where we booked a venue that would seat. You know, my original goal when I rent when I hosted our event last year, our original venue it had like super high ceilings. It was in an old bank that they had turned into an event venue, like ridiculously high ceilings. I don't know. It was like two story high ceilings. Mm -hmm. And the room would seat probably 250 to 300 people. And then my ticket sales weren't where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot host an event in this huge space with the number of people that have said yes so far. And so I had to move, I moved venues. I had to make a decision on, do I want to have this ginormous room with not as many people as I wanted, or do I 
lose the money that I paid for that and move to another event. And I, I lost that money. I think it was like five or $6,000 that I lost, but that, you know, I'm sharing that really transparently because ticket sales, you know, it will make or break you and you've got to have a strategy and you've got to start in advance and you really need someone like you helping you figure that out and keeping you on track and taking a look at those numbers. Because meanwhile, you're also running a business and you're also selling your regular programs on top of that. So there's a lot that goes into it. I know. I mean, I, I, I did a LinkedIn post uh, a while back that I said that if you're planning your own events and you are not an event planner, you may, it's, it's not brain surgery to do events. All right. Anyone can, can do an event, but to do it well, to make sure that you make money yeah. is a different story. And if you decide to do it yourself or you get your team to do it, you have to really understand by taking the time away for them to do something which is not their zone of genius, even including the owner of the company, it's going to take you twice the time to do mm-hmm. that job that you have expert to do. And by you taking them away to do the job that they're not supposed to do, they are not doing their core job. What is, what, how much is it costing you as a business owner? If you're getting your salesperson or your operations person, your marketing person, to do an event, to plan an event where they could be out there talking about your program, selling your programs, the opportunity cost is so big. So don't trip over, don't trip over a thousand dollars, okay, to save to save a dollar. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. So speaking of sales, mm-hmm. I heard you tell an amazing story about a week and a half ago at the live event that we were both at. And it was so incredibly inspiring to me. I'm going to ask you to share that story again. And I'll connect the dots a bit for the listeners here. You know, May and I were chatting before we pressed record and we were talking about it. There's such a necessity to be able to identify what skills you need to further develop to get to the next level you desire to go to in your business. And I think we can all agree that from a business building perspective, sales Mm -hmm. is probably the number one skill to grow and develop. Yet many of us, when we come into entrepreneurship, we weren't salespeople before. I did not have a sales job before. I had never been trained on sales Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, we know that we're all selling all the time, mm-hmm. I didn't have that background. And I know that at one point in your journey, you realized sales was a really important skill for you to learn. Will you yeah. t- tell that story? <laughs> sure. So when I was in the hospitality field, working in a hotel is it's hard. You work, especially in Asia, we work 12 hours a day. We work six days a week. Okay. And um, I, I was burned out. And I said, you know, I'm going to take a sabbatical and just go do something else. And I was asking myself, what do I need to do in order to, to be able to excel in, in career, in my career and make a lot of money? So I decided that I got to learn how to do sales, right? If you can sell, you can do anything. So I joined this company where I have to do cold call sales to CEOs, right? 
and sell them sports hospitality packages of grandstand seats. And it was $25,000. So we were given training and we are expected to make phone calls. It's just like the stock market, okay? If you watch that movie, Broiler, Broiler Room, it's basically you standing, in, standing at, a de- at a desk with a phone and you, all you do is pick up the phone, pick up the phone and pitch, 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 pitch. So I make on average like 300 phone calls a day, no joke, pitching to CEOs of the companies, asking them to hand me $25,000 on the phone to a stranger where I'm going to miraculously send you 25, t- um, 10 tickets to entertain your clients at a world-class sporting event. I remember I was selling the Shanghai Formula One Grand Prix because that was the first uh, Formula One in, in, uh, in China. So I was in Singapore and we were in this room and all you hear is people talking, talking all the time on the phone. So I was given training. Every day I have to pitch at least 300 phone calls. So... I did it for one month. So, so you take 300 phone calls times by 30 times by 24 days. Let's just say 24 days times 300. Okay. 300 phone calls a day. All right. You work how many days? 24 days. As I was saying, 24 days, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20 days, 20 days times 300. So that's like 6,000 calls, <laughs> 6,000 calls on average a month. Okay. 6,000 calls. Some, some months I probably make 3,000 calls. Some months I make 6,000 calls. So you're thinking, right? You make 6,000 calls, it's a numbers game. Got to make some sales the first month. Yeah. Nope. I got a donut. Nothing. Okay. So I was like, you know what? First month, still learning. Okay. Let me just go t- tweak my pitch. You know, listen to my own spiel. Okay. Go through the grind. Second month. Okay. Did the same routine, you would think that I should be better now, making 12,000 phone calls, right? Second month, you want to make a guess if I make any sales? I'm going to guess that you did make sales, finally, by the second month. <laughs> so numbers gain, numbers game again, right? 2% conversion, I should have made some sales. Nope, nada, zero sales. By then, anyone who has a brain will have quit. Right. I was I remember I was paid a thousand dollars a month oh, wow. as my base salary. And I was eating spam with bread and or or yeah, spam basically spam and bread and mayonnaise. So mm-hmm. that's my lunch. Okay. I wasn't I my the whole emotions behind it is I wasn't feeling dejected. In fact, I was feeling hopeful. It's very weird because for me. It could be just that next call. It could be just that next call. My focus to make that first sale was so strong. I really didn't give a damn how many phone calls I make prior to that. I just went back and I learned and I learned and I learned. And I just started looking at the data. Did I stay longer on each phone call? Did I get to more CEOs? Was I better in getting past the gatekeepers? Was I better in staying longer on the phone? Was I able to get them to say, let me think about it? And then finally, submit the tickets. So third month comes. I was like, okay, you know, people always say that give you a three months probation, right? See whether you make any sales. Third month comes. So that is like 18,000 phone calls, right? So feeling very hopeful, you know, third month comes, still zero sales. By then, a lot of my counterparts have already left the company. Wow. 
But I still have this belief in myself because I go back to my base. Why am I here? I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn how to make sales. I cannot leave until I made one sale. Okay? That was the goal that I set for myself. So I continue to learn. And, you know, the whole experience is not just learning how to make sales. It's really pushing me to my limit. And you don't know how much you can push yourself until you push yourself. So continue. No sales, right? Third month. Fourth month, continue with the same belief that the next phone call might be the deal. And then the fourth month, that one phone call bought two packages. So Mm $50,000. By month four. Month four. And then all the sales came in. After that. After that. All the sales came in. So my, I would say that that whole experience have shaped, have shaped how I think about myself, have shaped how, how small I was playing, you know, how much I have limited myself in terms of my, and really underestimating myself. And I put myself, I purposely put myself in an environment that I could not quit. How could you quit after making 18,000 phone calls and not make a sale? You can, you simply can. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it really built your resilience. It built your belief in yourself. It built your grit. It built the belief that nothing is permanent. You, mm. you, you fall, you better get up and you better get up fast. Because if you don't, you're going to dwell, you're going to have a self-pity and it's going to eat up all your energy. Might as well use your energy to get up and hope for the next call and not just hope, but take action. So, Wow. There are so many lessons in that story that are applicable to life and business, like every area of life and every area of business. I think my, I love every single aspect of that story. My favorite thing that you just said that I didn't hear you say, I don't believe when you shared this story and I heard it for the first time at the live event, it's this part around where we are actually playing so small. Like we think we're operating at a level 10 when we're operating at like a level two. And there, there, there is so much grit and resiliency already inside of us. And we're the ones who's, who are keeping that in like the smallest box possible with the lid tightly shut and and locked. And you just let yourself open the box and you pushed yourself, but you kept pushing yourself. You followed through, you followed through, you committed and you followed through. And that's such a simple complex. I can't imagine that that was easy for you to do on a daily basis, but it is a simple concept about committing and following through and staying hopeful and keeping your eye on the prize. And you're also, you know, the other thing you said too, that I heard you say is you weren't dwelling on what wasn't happening in the past, because if that's what you dwelled on, you might've been one of those people who just said like, screw it, I'm going to leave. But I love this part. You're talking about how we have the capacity and the ability to play such a bigger, bolder game of life and of business. And I just think that's one of the most incredible. I mean, it truly is, May. It's one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard anyone share that really demonstrates playing big, believing bigger, confidence, resiliency, grit, and just showing yourself that, yeah, absolutely, 
we, we can all do hard things when we make the decision to stick with it until we reach the goal and then repeat and do it again. I just, I love this story so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, I think, you know, that you really have to understand why you, why you're doing that. And my why is I am not going to disappoint myself. Mm. You know, this is not a foolish act of ego. This is an act of commitment and follow through exactly what you said. And I am not going to give up until I follow through. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that so much. I know that if you're listening to this right now, I hope that story really touched you, especially if you're going through a period of time, maybe in your business, right? Where we talk a lot about business here, where maybe the sales haven't been coming in or you took a dip or things are just not working the way you thought they were going to work. Um, you know, there's, there's so much light on the other side. And I imagine that that what came about on the other side were your businesses that you now have. Absolutely. That's why when you ask me, when I go into COVID and start my business, like, what did you see? I saw possibility. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I saw, I saw hope. I saw that if, you know, I, I reflect back when, if I'm worried about money, if I'm worried about sales, I reflect back to this experience and how did I operate? What was my mindset when I was in that position? And I transfer that, that belief. I transfer that hope that I know that if I speak to enough people, somebody is going to join me in this revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. We're going to end on that story because I just think it's such a special story. I, I still want to talk to you about so many other things that we were discussing prior to like CEO schedule and the fact that you're a mom and you take care of yourself, but we're going to end on this because I just think it's such an incredible story. I, I, there's so many lessons from that. So I'll have to have, I'll have you back on again, May, and we'll talk about some of the other topics that we were going to discuss, but this has just been so fabulous. I appreciate how transparent you are your vulnerability to share that story. I know it's going to touch somebody. It's going to change somebody's life. If it changes one person's life who listens to this episode, then we did our job today. So thank you so much for being here. If you will share a little bit more about exactly who you work with, what you have going on right now, and how people can get in touch with you, um, catch any of your you know free stuff that you've got around floating around on the internet. So... Um- well, first and foremost, thank you for letting me share my experience. And uh, I sure hope that that my story is able to inspire someone that when you think you're at the lowest point, you can't get up, you can always get up. You will get up. So um, to follow me, you can find me at on Instagram at mayosilvers, M-A-Y-Y-E-O-S-I-L-V-E-R-S. So for my event planning business, I work mainly with coaches and consultants to strategize how they can turn their in-person event into a sales generating activity from the front end and the back end. So again, I'm not just a planner. I'm a strategist. I work in partnership with you and your team. And for the coaching business, I work with people who have an, an interest or a passion 
to do events and I teach them the business perspective and the mindset perspective and the wealth awareness to build a profitable business um, in the events field. So we randomly or consistently, I won't even say randomly, I would say randomly because we don't normally narrow down the dates, but we consistently have at least five to six workshops coming up for our uh, event planners who want to turn their passion to profit. And I think the next one is scheduled in July. I don't have the time yet. Um, as we're recording this, my next one is actually next week in May. Um, but you're, So the, the next one we're targeting for either July or end of August. But if you follow me on my Instagram, you will be able to see the announcement. And I come on live every Wednesday inside Instagram where I would teach something. So it could be sales, it could be mindset, it could be actual event planning itself. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well, at Mayo Silvers, where I come on live and I, and I teach, I talk about mindset shift and I also talk about the, the internal um, strategy that you can apply with your team when you're planning your own events if you decide that you do not want to work with a planner. So, so I'm here to empower you to make the decision to make the right decision so that you can be prosperous in both your life and your business. Amazing, May. Well, you do exactly that. You do exactly that. Thank you so much Thank for being so here. And you. reach out to May. All of those links are in our show notes below. So you can easily go click them right now. Go follow May, especially if you are looking for an event planner, she's for hire. Or if you're someone who is looking to start at your own event planning business and have it thrive, May is your go-to person for that. Thank you so much, May, for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.